0: I don't see how anybody can say that this judge is not biased and is not leaning in a certain direction. I think that the behavior of the judge in totality is the problem. This judge is an absolute joke. He's been a joke from the very beginning. Clearly, this guy has biases that are affecting the administration of this case. I completely agree from my observation that the judge is entirely biased. The judge is making it pretty much impossible for the jury to actually... Consider all the facts and come up with a a verdict where justice will be served. You've tweeted and talked about the fact that the judge is racist, and you think that impacts how he is managing this trial. He has made a series of decisions. Each one perhaps
1: may be individually defensible, but in totality lead to the impression of a biased racist judge with his Trump rally cell phone
0: um, uh, that is trying to get rid of the house uh, a walk. God I mean, bless the USA ringtone, which is no, the Trump rally
1: yeah. theme song. It appears that this judge is auditioning for the cameras and looking for his next gig on Fox News. He
0: sounds like he's watched too much Bill O'Reilly. I mean, he's acting like Archie Bunker in there. When the judge asked the entire room if there are any veterans here, and demands that the entire room clap for a veteran, and the one veteran in the room happens to be the expert witness coming forth to testify on behalf of Kyle Rittenhouse. That's an example of a pretty biased uh, courtroom. How the guy talked about the lunch order, I don't get it. The I, Asian I, joke? I don't get it. I don't know that he even made an Asian joke. Well, he,
2: I know that I'm not allowed to judge it because I'm not Asian.
0: The judge has had so many moments in this case that bring into question his own biases.
2: Whether it's the ringtone, whether it's the Asian statement, whether it's the applause, you didn't mention the applause for a defense witness because he was a veteran. Those things really impact people's feeling that that this is a courtroom that we can have
0: trust in. This guy, maybe you know, legally he's right about things. I've been listening to the legal folks, but certainly his demeanor, the way he speaks to the prosecution, the way he looks at Kyle Rittenhouse like his, his grandson, I mean, come on, America. Wow. <laughs> it's the judge's fault. Unbelievable. Uh, there's all kinds of misinformation out there as well. Joining me on Gary on Guns this morning is my co-host on the national Gary on Guns, Scott Van Kirk. Good morning, sir. How are you? I am doing pretty well. Good morning. Good morning. And then uh, sitting uh, right, right across from me there is uh, Larry Wayland from Modern Arms.
2: At the Brown Station location. Good morning, Gary.
0: Good morning. So, there is a ton of misinformation. Uh, I was watching Juan Williams on Fox News yesterday, uh, and, and nobody uh, corrected him. And he said that Kyle Rittenhouse uh, brought his AR-15 across the state line from Illinois to Wisconsin. Clearly, it's not true. Uh, another British newspaper <laughs> just said that, that Kyle Rittenhouse shot three black men... Uh, Clearly, that's not true. Um, There are just all kinds of excuses, uh, and it's absolute crazy-making. I know that Scott watched this case even more closely, I think, than I did. He and I had a conversation uh, when we were uh, uh, running the uh, national show, and he wasn't convinced that Kyle was going to get off. In fact, he feared that he wasn't. Um, he, He didn't declare it, he just... And understandably so, I would argue, uh, so you were uh, what pleasantly surprised Scott oh I was very yes, I was pleasantly surprised um,
1: and surprised being the key word there and and my point is when you go up against the state, they have the full weight of the government in their ability to prosecute you. you really are um, you really are the little guy. Going up against this giant, and generally, if you look, at, you know, across across the nation, generally, um, prosecutions are successful. Prosecutors don't well, lose,
2: right? But but generally, prosecutors prosecute a prosecutable case. They they you know this case should have never been brought. I think oh. the prosecutor uh, was was very quick to bring the public what they wanted they wanted a prosecution and and he was being puppet stringed by by the mob mm -hmm. um to to get you know mob justice and and that's the reason the prosecution failed is it was a it was a clear case of self-defense and all of the video evidence Back that up. So yeah, I. I, I, I it, and, but it's very hard to go against the state. Absolutely. And and,
1: and and I love you, Larry, because of your just your youthful enthusiasm and belief in the system. <laughs> no, I'm <was> scared <laughs> that, to death for the kid. The, that the fact that the facts of the case and the evidence, just because they happen to show that, should lead to a, an acquittal. I, it, it's it, it's it's cute, Larry. It's cute. If, if I could reach you, I'd pinch your little cheek. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve it because it's cute, and you're like, oh. Because the facts and the justice and everything like that, I'm just, like, shaking my head over here because I'm just
0: too jaded in regards to that. Yeah. even An interesting observation, uh, Dale Roberts, who uh, also uh, uh, frequents Gary on Guns and is an attorney, points this out. He said, the Black Lives Matter representatives have been in the news saying that if Rittenhouse had been black, he would have been convicted, clearly suggesting that if a black man had done what Rittenhouse did the black man should have been acquitted interesting oh, absolutely oh yeah
1: it's an interesting the the political dynamics on this and this is now throughout this entire show today i you'll you'll hear me um you'll hear me pounding the table on this one the political dynamics of this thing just further points out how you do not want to ever find yourself in the situation that Kyle Rittenhouse found himself in. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, yes, um, in a very rare occasion, justice did prevail. But if you think about it, you think you're talking about a case that, um, in my estimation, his defense is somewhere north of two hundred thousand dollars. At least his name is known around the world. His face is known around the world. And the pundits and the politicians and everyone else with a stake, even on either side of this case, will continue to keep his name and his face in the public eye for a very long time to come. Plus, on the individual level, as a 17, now 18-year-old kid, he has got to somehow find a way to get past the fact that he killed two people yeah
0: well he's he is getting treated for post-traumatic stress which i thought you know as soon as i saw him on the stand i thought that's what he was suffering from uh one advantage he might have is COVID 19 uh because he'll be able to wear that mask and maybe he can get through (laughs) the airport without being identified (laughs) But that's his only shot. His face is known worldwide. Every time he applies for a job, the moment he writes his name, he's toast. The moment he shows his face, uh, everybody will know who he is. It it is unfortunate, but it is the risk that every one of us take when we conceal carry. It it, it doesn't have to be that you uh, were scrubbing the walls at a public school and and protecting the private property rights of somebody uh, in a town where they're rioting. It could be that somebody accosts you, tries to hit you over the head with a, with a skateboard, and you respond by shooting them. You go through what Kyle went through. If you don't handle it brilliantly, and if you're lucky, uh, you won't go through that. But it is, it, it is worth noting that those of us who know don't want to go through that. We don't carry a gun uh, to play John Wayne. Well, and, right? and and here's and here's the thing, I would
1: argue that when he went to Kenosha, Wisconsin, to do what he expressed that he was there to do, he had no idea of the potential consequences of that, none well, whatsoever.
0: He lives uh, in Illinois, but he works in Kenosha. It's a short twenty mile drive. That's like driving across town, right? Uh, in a major city, his uh, father lives in Kenosha. His aunt lives in Kenosha. Uh, apparently, he has friends there. And if you were going to go, you know, if somebody asked you, uh, you know, and, and I can't imagine that I would be anxious to do this, uh, to go down and defend their private property with uh, under those circumstances. I would think if you did accept that challenge, you wouldn't go down there unarmed. Oh, you, uh, first off, um, somebody that I don't know isn't
1: going to ask me that and actually get my help. No, as I sit across the table from Larry, who's a small businessman. In similar circumstances, if Larry said, Hey, kind of expecting some trouble in the neighborhood and stuff like that, would you help would you come wanna come down and help me keep an eye on the place? The answer to Larry would most likely be yes, but yes conditionally. And that is we're gonna do this based on my training and experience. We're not going to be running around open carrying AR fifteens. We may have AR fifteens, but they're not gonna be right out there in Front Street. You, will we be carrying firearms? Absolutely, as is our right. Will, we, yep, be ca- will we,
0: we be carrying other non-lethal options? Yes. Kyle's problem is that he didn't have the right to conceal carry a handgun. He yep. had no choice but to carry a rifle. Well, he did have another choice. Well, he could have not shown up exactly. at all. <laughs> I understand that. Nobody's denying that. But, but he wasn't a bad kid, and he wasn't there with bad intentions.
1: I'm not saying any yeah. of that. Yeah, but, I know. But I d- the- I'm just... But the point uh, is, without being a bad kid and without having bad
0: intentions, look how things can go sideways. Yeah, and that was my point before uh, about concealed carry permit holders. All right, we're up against the clock. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to go over some of the uh, highlights of the trial with Scott Van Kirk because he took notes. I mean, I saw a stack of papers (laughs) that he had. Uh, And then uh, Larry Whalen is on board from Modern Arms. At the Brown Brown Station Station. location. (laughs) 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 All that on carry-on guns. Uh, Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagles. It's 23 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Scott Van Kirk, uh, who is a uh, Second Amendment supporter. He is a uh, firearms trainer, former law enforcement, my co-host on the national show for Gary on Guns, and uh, we are joined by Larry Wayland from Modern Arms at the Brown, at the Brown Station, Brown Station location. location. Yeah, we know. Where, where's the, where's Where is Modern that? Arms
2: at? <laughs> the Brown Station location. Yeah,
0: where's Brown Station? <laughs> uh, anyway, um, the President of the United States, while he was running for office, suggested that young Mr. Kit Rittenhouse was uh, some kind of white supremacist. Uh, and as I understand it, they, uh, they got a uh, search warrant, they went through his phone. They looked at a social, they found no connection, none whatsoever. Yet, that seems to be repeated often and incorrectly. Uh, Finally, the president yesterday, uh, the White House issued this. While the verdict in Kenosha will leave many Americans feeling angry and concerned, myself included... Wow, we must acknowledge that the jury has spoken. Well, I think Smokin Joe's just like you and me.
1: He's he's <laughs> he's angered that the trial even happened. Yeah, that's, what that's it is. probably what it was. That's he what he mad
2: meant at the prosecutor. No, yeah. no, he says, <laughs> no,
0: he no. He said that uh, the verdict oh. is leaving everybody concerned, including himself. Oh, and he probably angry. Mis- He probably misspoke. Yeah, he probably misspoke. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was still under the influence of the anesthesia. I don't know, but there. They're looking at this on the left in a completely, and they have a completely different view than we do. Well, they don't want you to have the
2: right to defend yourself.
0: Hmm. Well, and I'm, well, I'm also
1: um, amazed by the fact that a white kid from northern Illinois came to Kenosha and shot three other white guys and that this is hugely racial.
0: Racially motivated. It's Yes, yeah, it's yeah. incredibly
1: racist, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, so there's just all kinds of strange. They're, they're upset with the judge because of the ringtone on his cell phone. Now, the song that, that he uh, has for a ringtone is just a kind of proud-to-be-an-American rah-rah song that was adopted by the uh, Trump campaign. And that, that makes him guilty by association. And, and it's only association of the song. Well and it's it's the you know one of the things
1: about the judge and I, I like the judge in this case. Do I agree with everything that he did and every decision that he made? No, that would be virtually impossible because um, we always think we can do it better. But he is a long standing judge is the longest serving uh, circuit court judge in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, he was appointed to his first term by a Democrat governor in the state of Wisconsin and by all accounts, he is a pro defense Judge, meaning that if he has to, uh, if if you have to ascribe some sort of a bias to him, he tends to. Um, this is what's reported: is he tends to default to the rights of, uh, of, the, the, accused, of yeah. the accused of the accused, which in hmm. my opinion is
2: raising the burden on the state, which is to, the way to, it's supposed to bring a good case, which is the way it's
1: supposed to be. Yeah. And if you talk about any other case. Everybody who is generally, you know, criminal justice reform or whatever you want to call it, ACLU, whatever, would be applauding the guy saying, yeah, this is a guy who's actually looking out for the rights of the
0: accused. Yeah. Yep. But they, uh, they're just ripping him apart. Then he made a comment. Apparently they ordered Chinese food uh, and he said that he hoped that it wasn't, you know, out in the Pacific waiting on one of those boats. Which is just the, which to me was just kind of an old guy dad joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> kind right. of, but kind slow of, ho- boat from China. Yeah. yeah kind you know,
1: of hokey, yeah. a little yeah. bit, not actually all that
0: funny. No, uh, <laughs> but it's something that your dad would say. Yeah. <laughs> they, Larry, did you notice that the defense attorney sounded a lot like Scott the way he talked? He spoke. <laughs> With well, that peculiar accent, he spoke, got- the, spoke the Queen's English. Yes, yeah, he did
2: the, the Wisconsin, the Queen- eh? That's <laughs> right, don't <laughs> you know. Him, but- <laughs> so I,
1: the- we and we talked about this on the national show. He did have very much the standard. Um, actually, the, I, we talked about it because he was the defense attorney was from Racine. Okay, so he had what I just I call the Milwaukee Wisconsin accent, <laughs> which is kind of a variant of the Chicago the Chicago accent. Yeah, you know. So yeah,
2: yeah. I understood Racine?
1: everything that was said in court. Every <laughs> single thing. I needed subtitles. I didn't need the subtitle. I didn't need anything. I understood everything.
0: Racine? Isn't it Racine? Racine. Racine. See, now we're, we're getting uh, a little language uh, translation here on uh, Wisconsin-ish. Uh, 874-9390. The toll-free number is 800-529-5572. Uh, the, the judge was, uh, I think, compelled by the prosecution's behavior. To uh, admonish them on a couple of occasions. That upset folks on the left. We really ought to talk about the politics of their views because it is really on the other side of the world compared to us. Let me get John's phone call in before we go to break. John, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Yes, uh, I don't understand why the judge didn't put an immediate stop when the prosecutor grabbed that gun and started pointing it at the jury members
1: with his finger on the trigger, uh, he was just pulling an
0: Alec Baldwin right there. Why didn't the judge stop that? I have a theory about that. And my theory is, I think the judge didn't want, the jury was right there, obviously, because he was pointing, and I don't think he wanted to bias the jury by admonishing this guy right in front of them. And as I watched that particular presentation, the jury was actually off to his
1: left, and he was pointed off into the gallery, and I don't recommend it. I don't feel that it's all that safe or anything else like that. But he was sort of up and over the gallery there. He was not actually pointed at the jury because the jury was off camera to his left. That's why they always faced that direction as you were watching the coverage. They had
0: that podium yeah. facing the jury.
1: It sure looked to me like he was pointing it at people.
0: All right. John, thank you for the call. We're glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Eight seven four ninety three ninety. The toll free number is eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. You know what we ought to do, Larry? Is we we really ought to kind of go over this case, the three of us, from start to finish. We're doing. Uh, a, we're going to do a seventy two hour show. Nice. Well, <laughs> it, it may seem like it with you guys. It may seem like seventy two hours with you guys co hosting, but no, it's it's just going to be a two hour show. But you know, this all starts with a guy that refused to do what the police asked him to do. That's the beginning of this. We'll get into some of those details and more in the trial on Gary on Guns. Hot Talk 93.9, The Eagle. Hey, welcome. It's uh, 35 minutes after the hour. I was just about to introduce Scott Van Kirk, and I realized that he is a nationally syndicated radio talk show host now.
1: Oh, yeah, there you go. Nice. There you go. Yeah. That and uh, that and eighty five cents will get you a cup of coffee some places. Well, you're going to get the eighty five <laughs> cents somewhere else.
0: They will yeah. pay us for our work. <laughs> Larry Whalen is the other voice you hear in the background. Modern Arms
2: at the Brown, Brown Station, Station. location
0: from Brown, yes. Station. Brown Station. Brown Station. Brown Station. Brown Station, Brown yes. Station location. Uh huh. That's where you find him. Modern Arms <laughs> at the Brown Station location. Don't say that because every time you say it, we have to follow it up, and we've only got an hour and a half left. <laughs> anyway, so, so uh, we're talking about this uh, verdict and and the trial itself and the response from the left. The left uh, started the, this uh, tumult when a guy who apparently was trying to, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, Scott, he was trying to kidnap this this woman? Um,
1: police responded to a 911 call at a woman's residence, uh, an individual by the name of Jacob Blake, who uh, shares children with this woman. And this woman had a restraining order against him due to a pending um, case, I think a sexual assault, third-degree sexual assault. Um, and he was also wanted on a warrant. So police responded to this location. Yeah, yeah, as they so would. He, yeah. yeah, that's so how he comes. Well, that's out. as
0: the police do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he comes out, and they're telling him. There, there are all kinds of law enforcement officers. They're telling him to stop, but he just arrogantly keeps moving, and he opens his car door. And at that point, they don't know what's in the car. They know that he's, you know. Po- potentially accessing a weapon. Correct, correct. yes. I mean, right. that's the threat. Right. Yeah. Did they not find a knife on the car seat, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, yes, If I, I'm,
1: uh, and I think earlier in the incident, he actually had the knife on him. Um, but, I mean, long story short, it was eventually, after the rioting and Kenosha and everything
0: like that, after review, it was deemed to be a good shooting, yeah. a justified, justified shooting. Justified of yeah. force. If I have to stop this guy and he does what he did... And reaches into his car, I have a fraction of a second to decide whether he's going to turn around and shoot me or I need to stop him. Uh, Correct. If, in fact, you were acting as a law enforcement officer,
1: acting as a private citizen, you would have left long ago because (laughs) it's not your fight.
0: Right. But I'm I'm saying you're you're in law enforcement. You're trying to arrest this guy. He's acting like you're not even there. Right. He's arrogantly just continuing on in, in the direction he chooses to go. He opens his car door, uh, and it looks, you know, from the video that I saw, uh, it, it kind of looks like he's reaching in. Maybe he's reaching to get in. But if I'm the cop standing behind him, I don't know that. Right. And, right. and as right. Scott
2: said, you know, uh, after that was adjudicated, that was found to be a proper police right. use the force and unfortunately that suspect is paralyzed now uh, mm-hmm. and, play and stupid won't games ever, won't ever walk won't ever walk again yeah
0: yeah what's the what's the old line uh, play stupid games win, win stupid prizes yeah and he did uh, yeah this apparently in the minds of black progressives was not justified
1: well the they narrative were, the narrative was unarmed black man shot in the back yeah and that was the immediate narrative
0: yeah that it wasn't justified mm-hmm. uh so apparently, they think it's okay when you're wanted by the police, when you've threatened somebody, and they come to stop you. It's okay with them if you don't stop.
2: Well, it forwarded the narrative of I mean, our, the police, the I summer mean, of riots, I, I to mean, get,
1: ar- to get tr- Trump out of out of I, office. I, I mean, mean, I mean, was was arguably, I don't even know that they're that that's that's imparting a great deal of critical analysis uh, <laughs> to the individuals what I, who decided that's to what riot. I am. Yeah but you don't you know that's imparting critical analysis on their part and I don't think that there was any critical analysis on their part I think the narrative well, was, was the- unarmed black man shot in the back by the police and it
2: was the summer of the riots and And we're gonna go loot and and tear stuff up and we're not going to be checked by that you know the national guard that the president offered at the time Mm -hmm. the the governor didn't want that Mm -hmm. we don't want to control the lawlessness we want this lawlessness to continue and this was just a trigger point uh and Kenosha just happened to be the site yeah, that it happened. The, could have been anywhere. And, could have been anywhere, yeah. yeah. And and this just, you know, continued to blossom. It was the summer of the riot. That that was that was what the left was doing, uh, because there was a political campaign going on and we had to get Trump out of office. And this makes people fearful and they want to change, and they can blame this on Trump. You know, the well. the, the left the, the the media's uh driving of this narrative um was intentional.
0: So he, uh, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse, uh, who, who uh, works in Kenosha, comes to Kenosha, and he's going to clean graffiti off the walls of a school the, uh, after the first day of riding, And he then comes back. Uh, allegedly, they're, they're asking him to help defend this property. But he's offering first aid. He's got a first aid kit. The prosecution comes out and says he's going to scrub the walls with an AR-15. Purposely ignoring the fact that when he was down there cleaning, he was not cleaning the walls with an AR-15. They're just painting as as evil a picture as they can. And And the defense, the prosecution rather, never ceased to say... Assault rifle, AR-15, yeah. assault rifle, mm-hmm. AR-15. Right. Yeah. Trying yeah. to make it look as though, you know, he is just down there to shoot somebody. Is this your first trial, Gary?
1: <laughs> 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 Let me, and I and I say that, say that in this context. Well, I understand how they work. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, no,
0: they're I, trying to raise reasonable doubt, paint the guy yeah. as evil as best they can.
1: I, but I will go one step further, and this is a real quick story. When I was in college, learned to be a cop, I had to do an internship towards the end of my degree program. I did an internship as an investigator with Public Defender's Office, okay. an intern investigator with the Public Defender's Office, and they, one of the one attorney that I worked with on a uh, uh, second degree attempted homicide case. Um, great guy, great guy. Good attorney. Boy, if I had to hire an attorney, I think I'd hire him. Um, but he explained to me that the courtroom is a theater. It's a theater. It's a theater. And you need to remember that. And he was actually literally briefing me before the trade case would, would start. And he said, literally, you are in on the spotlight. You are on the stage yeah. for every minute that you are in that courtroom. And even, to be perfectly honest, when you're in the courthouse. Yeah. So that you conduct yourself in a certain manner. And you present your case in a certain manner.
2: In everything you do.
1: In yes. everything that you yes. do. And... It was a weak case, and um, I said this on the national show, and I, it's not intended to bolster the case in any way, shape, or form. But presented with that case as an assistant district attorney, that assistant district attorney did everything in his power to win. Yeah. And he did. He did. Yeah. He did not do a bad job as a prosecutor when you view it in the lens of, I'm here to adjudicate this case and get a conviction.
0: The point that I'm making is, and and I agree with everything you're saying, and and you're absolutely right. And it is, it's what they do. It is a stage. Uh, But he's taking, uh, you know, this liberty with describing the rifle to make it sound as though it's some anti-American militia.
1: Over 25 times in closing remarks. Yeah. He said AR-15. Over 20 times, he made reference to the defendant being a liar. Because we all know if you're a liar, you must be a killer. Yeah.
0: Um, and I could go on and on. Yes, he did all of those things. Yeah, where you and I would, under ordinary circumstances, say he had a rifle. Uh, there are semi-automatic rifles that don't look anything like an AR-15. Uh, and if he had been carrying that, this guy would have had a, a bit of a problem. Should have, it win- was the- should have
1: had a Winchester 94.
0: Yeah, but it was it was the ugly it was the ugly AR15.
1: That's right. And everyone loves the Winchester 94. Even the liberals love the 94.
2: Come on. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't want you to have that either.
0: <laughs> then the prosecution also uh, tried to intimate to the jury that because Mr. Rittenhouse didn't uh, you know, officially talk until the trial that he was taking his right to remain silent in an attempt to hear what everybody else had to say so he could craft his, his message afterwards. And the judge was furious. Now, that is misconduct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and, and the desperation on the part of the prosecution, it, 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 it just showed in every turn. But I, only, I,
1: but I would contend that this judge would have called any prosecutor on that in any case. And I will also contend that not every judge would. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But he did, he did the right thing. Uh, I, you know, I don't know how he responds or reacts in other cases, but I thought everything he did, he did well and did right. Uh, but the left think just the way he looked at the kid. And by the way, speaking of that, can you imagine what would have happened to young Mr. Rittenhouse if they threw him in prison with that baby face, if he had been found guilty? Good Lord. But apparently, uh, if you don't have a gun, you can't be shot. I'll explain next. Garyon Guns, Hot Talk 93.90. Welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. 51 minutes after the hour, Scott Van Kirk on board. He is my co-host, National Gun Show. He's a uh, firearms trainer, former law enforcement. Also with us, Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. At the Brown and- work- right. right. Yes. Uh, you know, with all three of us saying it at the same time, it's virtually unintelligible. <laughs> and now people are going, "What? What? What?" Brown say?
2: Station. Brown location. Station no. location.
0: The Brown location Station is at the Brown Station. Brown Station Road. <laughs> That's where <you> to... <laughs> but where is Modern Arms at? I... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, listen, Larry brought in uh, a couple of, uh, well, actually, uh, f- f- four uh, really neat firearms here. We'll talk about those uh, at the top of the hour, but in the meantime, we're unpacking this uh, Rittenhouse trial. Uh, the prosecution uh, stepped out of line a couple of times, uh, was admonished by the judge. The left hate that. Uh, the rioting was about an, you know, a, a, a shoot that was frankly uh, adjudicated as a good shoot. The police officers didn't have much choice. But that didn't stop them from rioting. Uh, they are saying that uh, Mr. Rittenhouse uh, came across the border with a rifle from Illinois, but he didn't. Uh, they're trying to allege that uh, you know when he was being attacked, if the guy was unarmed that he that there was no threat if the guy didn't have a gun, he wasn't a threat and shouldn't have been shot. Uh, I would argue that if Mr. Rittenhouse didn't have a gun, he'd be dead right now. Or certainly have spent a, a great deal of time uh, in the local hospital. Do you think that outcome is unjust? Am I wrong? Am I exaggerating, uh, Larry?
2: No, I think that, that uh, the video showed that um, he was going to be beaten um, very severely by by the first uh, person he shot, um, the uh, the pedophile that or the sex offender that had. Uh, been you know the 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 violent felon that uh, he defended himself from um, was absolutely going to beat him to death, no doubt. Yeah.
0: He was threatened right from the get go. What was the what was it he did, Scott, that made them threaten him? Was that extinguishing put a out fire?
2: A fire and yeah, put out a fire. And um,
1: busted. there was some jaw jacking. I guess is the word that I put earlier in the yeah. evening. The first individual, Mr. Rosenbaum, uh, that was killed uh, by the best that i can tell was an emotionally disturbed person who probably was just released from a psych ward (laughs) that afternoon um so i mean that's
2: what you want to bust in if you're going to have a good riot yeah the
1: the, parole some psych psych ward and and and, i mean and we always i always believe that we need to view it from the actions of the individuals not from the 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 why you can drive yourself crazy talking about the why it's the it's the what is is what's important And the what is he was uh, he was physically attacking um, Mr. Rittenhouse, and the reason he was physically attacking him may have been that he was a little off off plumb.
0: You you don't think it had anything to do with putting out the fire, because he, I understand, was yelling about him bringing that fire extinguisher uh, and putting out a fire in a dumpster. Oh, it's
1: possible. I mean, it's possible. Um, and that's an unfortunate thing in the jury trial system is juries often are looking for whys yeah. when they're supposed to be looking at what. Um, but yeah, I mean that's entirely possible. I tend to con- I tend to contend it even if that is the case. The reason that he had a problem with him putting out the fire is yeah. the, the off plumb business. Yeah,
0: yeah mentally uh, mentally half a bubble <laughs> off plum <floor. disturbed>, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, one of the 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 one vulnerability I thought that uh, Kyle Rittenhouse might have had, uh, and the prosecutor really drilled down on this was that when he fired the, the gun at, the, at that first guy, The uh, what's his name? Uh, Rosenbaum. 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 That the first shot hit him in the hip, and that he was crumpling to the I can remember him saying he was crumpling to the ground, and he continued to shoot three more times. Correct. Uh, and I thought, well, we all know that you shoot to stop the threat. Mm-hmm. If he's falling to the ground, the threat has ceased.
2: Yeah, and depending I thought, on which direction he's fallen towards me, away from well, me, what's the proximity, there's... there's, But,
1: but that yeah, was the in, vulnerability. In vacuum, yeah. somebody- well, and, and, and my issue with that particular vulnerability is that I did not see anyone on the defense side adequately address that with the exception of Mr. Rittenhouse himself. Um, I would have liked to have seen some counter-argument from the defense specifically addressing that. Yeah. Um, and there's a couple of different ways to come at it. Um, I would have come at it blatantly. I, I think he can point to some oblique testimony that talks about .75 seconds and things like that. Um, I would have liked to have seen uh, someone addressing that head-on. Yeah. The fact that four shots within .75 seconds, to be perfectly honest, all four shots had hit the individual um, before you could literally tell that he had moved If you were there now, if you're watching it on video and you can slow it down and you can zoom it in and everything else like that, um, that's a different story. But as you're watching it, the human game speed, yeah, the human mind can't process an event
0: that took 0.75 seconds, and and that was one of the you know that was the vulnerability. Uh, And when you and I were chatting about this uh, uh, earlier in the week, uh, you pointed out that that has a cascading effect. If they think that he overdid it. Mm-hmm. That he wasn 't just shooting to stop the effect uh, the attack, but rather shooting to kill then everything that happened subsequently would get him in trouble
1: right and just so the and just so the local audience knows what I said on the national show was um i 'm starting to lean towards there will be some form of conviction, and if it is a conviction it 's going to be on one or more of the charges related to recklessness because I saw the prosecution's strategy to be if I can just convince the jury and it's not hard to do with people, if I can just convince the jury that someone is someone has to be responsible for this, you didn't mean to do it, but you're still responsible. Someone needs to be held account for this, and of course based on based on what we were doing with the trial there, that person who was going to be held responsible or to account was going to be Mr. Rittenhouse.
2: And luckily, that did not come oh, to fruition. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, oh, know, yeah. I'm glad you were wrong, but yeah, you certainly it was the exposure for sure, yeah. and yeah. that was and I was was ri- the easiest and I was thing super, I to, was to super sure a, a jury to do.
1: Yeah, and I was yeah. becoming more and more concerned as deliberations drug on.
2: 25 hours. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because be if if you're looking at an acquittal, generally you're looking at fast acquittals.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the problem was they gave them so many options that they had to go through uh, that it took longer. But I was afraid myself. Relieved, I think justice was served. All right, coming up, Larry has some firearms he brought in from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Quit disassembling them, Scott. Put them back together. (laughs) and Guns, Hot Talk 93.9.